0: Welcome to The Bee Podcast. The mission of The Bee is to create an inspiring platform for all women of every age. To have meaningful conversations with the intent to genuinely understand each other's journey. To listen to stories similar and different than our own. Engage in each other's triumphs and failures. Hear and validate one another on the separate unique journeys we have traveled. The loss we have endured. The joy we have encountered. And the reason behind the lessons we have learned. Bees symbolize community, personal growth, and power, and that is what we aim to do here. Create community, foster growth, and empower women. I'm Cami Milliken, and this is The Bee Podcast. Welcome back, guys. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of The Bee Podcast. I'm Cami Milliken. Remember, June 2nd is going to be our last release for Season 2 of The Bee. I am just thrilled to end this season with such incredible interviews. I'm going to be taking the summer off to focus on my family and spend some serious time with my kids because they're only this little ones, right? Make sure to check our B Podcast Facebook group for updates on a season three release. Now, today's episode I'm really excited about. I think it's going to hit home for a lot of uh, women out there. So we often talk about how beautiful childbirth is and what a wonderful experience it is but we rarely talk about the scariness of it. Today, we have the wonderful opportunity to sit down and talk with Kristen Weingarten. She joins us today sharing her story on how the beautiful birth experience with her second son was cut from her and almost took her life. Hi guys, I am here with Kristen Weingarten and I have known her since high school. Kristen, thank you so much for being here. How are you? I am good. How are you, Cammy? I am so great. I am really intrigued by your story, and I'm really excited for other women to hear this. Just start by telling us about who you are, your family, your career, your hobbies.
1: Sure. Um, Yes. So my name's Kristen. Um, Originally, I'm from southeast Iowa. Um, Now, I currently live in southeast Wisconsin, um, right in between Milwaukee and Chicago. So it's about a a five-and-a-half-hour Drive back home to Iowa, so it's not it's not too far. I live here with my husband, and we have two boys, Bennett and Bodie, who are three and a half and seven months. So they keep us pretty busy. (laughs) I work at a company called Uline. They're a shipping supplies distributor. And I started in reception there and now I am in the merchandising department and I've been there about six years now. So you are a super busy young mom
0: just (laughs) rocking it.
1: Yep. I'm trying to doing all I can do. (laughs) Right. Isn't that all we can do is we can try. We'll try. Yeah.
0: So let's talk about your husband for
1: a minute. Where did you meet? So we've known each other since kindergarten. We went to elementary school together. So yeah, we're both from Otomo, Iowa, and um, we didn't start dating until I was in college. He had graduated to your laser program from Indian Hills, and then we didn't start dating until he was actually living in Illinois. And I think I was in my junior year of college, and yeah, and we started dating, and then got married and yeah it's kind of crazy i never thought you know we'd end up together but it worked it worked out so well like that so so then you got married in
0: 2016 what did the conversation of family look like for you after you got married
1: so um yeah we got married in april of 2016 and then um i was going to be in a couple weddings the following year in 2017 in September and October so we were thinking we were going to try the process of trying to have kids um, after those weddings but then New Year's Eve happened of 2016 and then got pregnant Um, so that was a surprise we weren't trying but we ended up getting pregnant and yeah and then so Bennett was due September of 2017 so I was Ended up being nine months pregnant for one wedding and then had a three week old for the second wedding. So,
0: and I feel like in every wedding ever, there has to be one bridesmaid who is at least eight months pregnant. Yeah, they yes. just, just very pregnant, very pregnant and miserable. Yes. And I, yeah, I'm just here, but please let me go home so I can sleep. Mm-hmm. Yes,
1: yep, that was me. Things that happened a little
0: bit unexpectedly, but I think yes. that's when wonderful things happen is when yes. they're unexpected. Yes. So, you were very excited. Can we talk about how you felt when you started to plan out what you imagined for your future with this baby that you were carrying?
1: My husband and I didn't have a ton of experience with babies. So um, we were very excited, but we kind of we're naive to it all, I would say. (laughs) But we found out we were having a boy. So we were really excited. I kind of felt like I was always going to be a boy mom for whatever reason. So I was very excited. He was going to be the first boy on my husband's side, because there was three girls before him. And then he was the first grandbaby on my side. So yeah, very exciting. My pregnancy was relatively easy no complications I was still able to exercise felt a little nauseous in the first trimester but it went away pretty quickly good did you enjoy being pregnant then I mean I didn't like enjoy it um (laughs)
0: but I mean
1: (laughs) yeah I mean it's a little long um because it ends up what being like 10 months. Yeah. It was, it's long. I mean, it was an easy pregnancy, but yeah, I wouldn't say like I'm one that enjoys being pregnant, but yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So you have two boys. So we Mm -hmm. know that
0: eventually another baby came. Can you kind of describe the first and second pregnancies differences, similarities?
1: I would say my pregnancy with my first Bennett was a little bit easier just cause I wasn't nauseous for very long. And, you know, I really didn't feel that bad. I, I was still really active and stuff. And then when I was pregnant with my second Bodhi, it was yeah, you know, relatively the same, but I would say that I was a little more nauseous the second time around. Like it lasted a little bit longer. Um, nothing sounded good to eat besides like carbs and like anything that's n- quote unquote, not healthy. But I do believe that your body is going to gain the weight that it needs to, to, um, carry this child. So I just, I just went with it. <laughs> um, I would say I ate more unhealthy the second time around just cause that's the only thing that I could truly stomach. But once the first tri- trimester was over, it was a lot better. I was still able to be active and stuff. And I didn't really have any like high risks or anything. Um, I did fail. The glucose test the first time around. So I ended up having to take that three hour test, which wasn't fun. But thank goodness I passed that one. So that was all good there.
0: Isn't it crazy how different babies have different effects yeah. on mom? Yeah. 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 No real concerns or apprehension because you've done this before. You're like, you know exactly what to expect. Let's talk about your labor and delivery with your first with Bennett. Okay. So what did labor look like with him?
1: It was long. I started having contractions on his due date, which the morning of his due date, like early in the morning, like six or seven. Um, And they weren't super close together at that, at that point in time, they were, you know, like every 20 minutes or so. um, I was still able to, you know, walk around, do what I needed to do. But yeah, I ended up calling my parents and saying, you know, because they live in Iowa and we're in Wisconsin, I was saying, you know, I'm having contractions. So uh, my parents came up like right away and they ended up, you know, like staying the afternoon and I was still home, like still having contractions, but they didn't get super close together until maybe like nine o'clock at night was when I was starting to kind of struggle a little bit. So I tried to like, you know, be at home for as long as I could wait it out. And then nine o'clock, we went to the hospital. They admitted me. I was at like a two and a half. And so they admitted me, got me to the room and then ended up progressing to like a four at around midnight. And that's when I could get the epidural, like a four or five. So I got the epidural at midnight and then they let me sleep and then were monitoring me and it was still like a slow progression. She, my doctor ended up breaking my water the next morning, maybe at around nine. And then I started pushing around 10. Ten or so, and I just remember um, like looking at the clock because my grandma and my mom both had relatively easy deliveries, like within like thirty minutes they had their baby, and so I just looked at the clock and I was like, okay, in about thirty minutes I'm gonna have this baby, and then two hours later, two hours of pushing, I just felt like I could not get him out, and then she, the doctor, ended up using the vacuum method. And it like a couple of tries and then she was able to get him out, but yeah, I just felt like I could not get him out. He was eight pounds, seven ounces, like 21 inches long. So all was well, but I was exhausted after all
0: having been in labor for that amount of time. And then, yeah your body and pushing for two hours. Yeah. Kristen? Yeah. That would have been exhausting. This
1: is a weird question, but are you, are you similar in stature to your mom? Yeah, I would say I am. The only thing is the doctor had told me that I have a small pelvis and, um, she's did originally say like we might have to do a C-section. So there was the potential for a C-section there, but I was able to deliver vaginally with him with some help. But yeah, I would say, I am like same in stature as my mom and my grandma. So I don't know, I guess it's just the small pelvis that is going against me. How did you feel
0: afterward?
1: You know, it was really amazing. Um, you know, just him on my chest afterward, I would say that I was just so exhausted that it was hard to even feel that emotional just because I was just like so exhausted. But, um, you know, once that kind of wore off a little bit and like reality kind of set. And then it was kind of like, this is our new baby. What have we got ourselves into? But <laughs> I <Right. laughs> we was so excited, so scared, but it was truly an amazing, an amazing feeling. It's so crazy to me how
0: so you go through this incredible feat and then all of a sudden you're expected to take care of this like new baby that is yeah. dependent yeah. on you. It's just crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. Let's talk about adjusting to your new normal with a baby when you got home. How was it?
1: Um, yeah, so that was definitely an adjustment. Um, like I said, Keen and I didn't have a ton of baby experience. So we didn't really know what we were doing at all. Um, I remember my mom stayed with us for like a week and then, which was great. And then the day she left, I just remember Bennett, like, would not stop crying and he would not sleep. And I just spent like the whole day crying. And then Kenan comes home, my husband, and is just like, what happened to you? And I'm like, I haven't slept. Like I'm so exhausted. And it was just crying. And like, looking back, I can laugh at it now, but at the time it was just like, so overwhelming. But um, I would say he's also, he was also definitely my harder baby. He was lactose intolerant. So I had to cut out dairy because I was breastfeeding and that helped some. And then he was also on reflux medicine and that helped some, but he was just, you know, he just didn't like sleep and (laughs) he wasn't in the crib sleeping until like 15 months. So he was just, you know, difficult. So it was, yeah, it was an adjustment, but you know, um, here we are.
0: (laughs) Right. And it makes it so difficult, especially as a new mom, that first baby, I mean, baptism by fire. It's it's so hard bringing a new baby home. Yeah.
1: Yes. Yeah. It was an adjustment, but you know, he definitely prepared us for the second because, you know, we knew (laughs) what to do a little more this time, the second time around. So I, I mean, I think I would rather have a hard baby the first time around so we can, you know, prepare for the worst the second time around, but yeah, preparation was good then. Yes. So when did you decide that you wanted to have baby number two? Um, so, so yeah, like I said, Bennett wasn't a great sleeper, so he, you know, finally slept consistently in his crib at like 15 months. So, um, you know, I just, was enjoying the moment. I was enjoying sleep. So we weren't in any type of rush to have the second one right away. But we thought, you know, once he turned two, we could start trying. We thought three years would be a good age gap. So so once Bennett turned two, then we started trying shortly after that. And then it only took like a couple of months, which was great. Very lucky. And then he was the second baby was due September twenty sixth, which was three days before Bennett's birthday. So, pretty wild. They're like exactly three years apart. It's just a day. Like Bennett's the 29th and Bodie's the twenty eighth of September. So it's it's crazy. So if I'm right, Bennett's
0: actual due date was this, the the twenty eighth of September, yes. right? Yes. So Bennett's so due date funny. Was the so 28th. yeah, Bodie was born on. That's crazy.
1: I know. I'm never gonna like I'm gonna mess up these birthdays so much. Like I, I really have to think about like who was born on which date, but <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's a little
1: difficult, but yeah. That's a
0: lot to keep yeah, that's a lot yeah. to keep track of. When you finally did decide that you wanted to do that, you're ready to have this baby. What hesitations did you have if you had any for a second?
1: Baby? Um yeah. So we were just nervous about like the sleep deprivation because Bennett wasn't a great sleeper. So we were nervous about that. And then, yeah, I was a little nervous about delivery the second time around, just because my delivery with Bennett was long and exhausting. And I just felt like, you know, I could not get him out, but we were excited. You know, it didn't um take us too long to get pregnant the second time around, which we were very thankful for. And we, wanted them like three years apart. So they ended up being exactly like three years apart, which was what we wanted. So we were excited about that. And then we found out that we were having a boy. Um, we were actually supposed to do a gender reveal, like photo shoot, like finding out what we were supposed to have. And then, um, so yeah, so this is during COVID, like I can't bring anyone to my appointments and staff. So I went to that 20 week appointment, by myself. And I told the ultrasound tech, you know, I don't want to find out, can you write it on a piece of paper for me? And so she's like, yeah, sure. And then like five minutes later, she's like, so what is your first? And I said, a boy. And she said, well, you're getting another one. So that's how I found out (laughs) I was getting another boy. So then I had to keep that secret from my husband for like a week. And then like, you know, everyone else, it was, it was pretty wild keeping that secret. Good job. Thanks. It's hard. Yeah, it was hard. It was hard. hard. Yeah. Yeah. It was very it's a hard. big, juicy piece of information.
0: I know. I know. Yeah. yeah. And thinking about the concerns that you had concerning your pelvis, did you have mm-hmm. any conversations with your doctor regarding that?
1: Yeah. So, um, so yeah, especially when we found out that we were having another boy, I was nervous because, um, you know, sometimes the second baby is bigger than the first. And then it was big. He was, eight pounds, seven ounces. So I was nervous that this baby was going to be even bigger than that. And so I, you know, mentioned to her, I was like, I have a small pelvis, like my delivery with Bennett was hard. Like I pushed for two hours and, and she like assured me, you know, it'll be fine because, you know, first baby usually makes room for the second baby. And, um, you know, just assured me that, that I would be fine. Like I was still nervous, but I mean, she made me feel you know, that I would be fine. And I had nothing to worry about. So plus you're more confident too. Yeah. You know what to expect, like you, like, you yeah, Kristen. So talk about your labor with
0: Bodie. Did you go into labor on your own? What did it look like?
1: So, um, with him, he was due on the 26th, which was a Saturday. And then, um, the plan was for me to go in on Monday, the 28th to get induced if he didn't, um, if labor didn't start. So, I ended up going in on the 28th to be induced because I had no signs of labor. Um, And she even like stripped the membranes and stuff and not, yeah, nothing. He wasn't coming. So got there Monday at about 6 a.m. They started me on Pitocin and then I was a slow progression again. Uh, Yeah, they just had me stay active. So I was walking around and stuff and like contractions did start to come not super close together, but they, but they were there and they had me, yeah, like walking around, staying active and stuff. And then once I got far enough to um, get the epidural, I did. And then it was just like a slow progression. You know, they checked me every hour or however long. And then she ended up breaking my water later on. And then by like seven, um, I was far enough um, dilated far enough that I was able to start pushing. It was, yeah, I think around seven and then started pushing and it was like the same thing. And I just, I just knew like, I'm like, I'm not going to get this baby out. I, I just felt like I physically could not do it. I was doing everything that they were telling me to do, but I just physically felt like I could not I was not going to get this baby out. Like I could not get him, you know, far enough down. Um, so I ended up being, another like 2 hours of pushing and then and she tried the vacuum method again and that didn't work so then she finally said, you know, do you want a C-section and I was like, yes, like please give me the C-section and then, you know, by that point I, you know, the epidural was like non-existent at that point. So I could like feel everything and I was just ready to get him get him out safely. So they wheeled me back to the operating room. And then I got this C-section. It was about 10, 21 PM that he was born. He was eight pounds, 15 ounces and like 21 and almost, almost 22 inches long. So, oh, I wow. mean, he was a, a bit, a big boy, just like I had thought, but, um, but yeah, at 10, 21 PM. And I was just exhausted again at that yeah. point, but, but he was here. So how did you feel? How did you feel after you had him? Um, I was just so exhausted again. Um, it was, yeah. So it was like ten twenty one. They brought him over to me looking at him and I'm like, Oh my God, he looks just like Bennett, <laughs> but I was just so, so tired. I was like falling asleep when they were like stitching me back together and stuff. Um, but yeah, I was just very, very, very tired.
0: Right. Right. Can you describe the events after your cesarean? while you were still in the
1: hospital. So after that, they, you know, wheeled me back into my room and then, um, the nurses like stayed in, in the room were monitoring me and everything. And I was losing blood, but, um, I had, I never had a C-section before. So, you know, I don't know what protocol was like. I don't know, like, you know, I'm, I'm sure like blood loss is normal. So I wasn't really concerned at that point. And plus I was just so tired that, you know, I didn't really think about it, but they kept monitoring me and I just kept losing, um, more and more blood. And then they were in contact with the doctor most of the night. And then they decided, you know, I needed a blood transfusion and then, um, they got me hooked up to that. And then I was getting the. Yes, that night. Well, at that point, it was probably like midnight or like one o'clock. And then I was getting the transfusion. And then the doctor came back in and she was gonna, because I was still, you know, like losing blood and they weren't sure like where it was coming from. And, you know, they were still pushing on my belly like they do. And I, you know, after a C-section, you know, I didn't think that they did that. Didn't feel good, but I kept losing blood. And then, yeah, the doctor came back in and it was probably like 3 a.m. And she was just going to, you know, try to stitch me up because she thought maybe I had torn something when they tried to, you know, get him out with the vacuum method. But as and as she was doing that, I started gushing like a ton of blood, which was very scary. You know, it did stop, thank God. And then um, I kept getting more transfusions. You know, I felt very lightheaded. I was very tired. And, you know, once I was stable enough and had enough blood in me they were going to take me down to get surgery to repair my cervix. I was stable enough to do that. They took me down to the operating room. Yeah. So they tried to repair my cervix. And then after that, I was wheeled into the recovery room and, you know, I was coming off anesthesia and stuff. You know, the nurse was monitoring me and checking on me and uh, the doctor came back to see me and she was like, oh, you look Great, like your colors coming back from the blood transfusions and stuff. And then, you know, at this point I was still losing blood. And then, you know, I was just so tired. I just wanted to go back to my room. Um, I wanted to just see my husband and my baby.
0: Do you think you were this exhausted just because
1: at first I thought, you know, it was just like the labor, um, and you know, like the time and I just didn't get sleep. But like now, like I definitely think it was the loss of blood too, because I was, you know just wanting to fall asleep. And I think kind of going in and out of consciousness a little bit, um, just cause of the blood loss and I was just so tired, but yeah, I definitely think it was a combination of, of both of those things. Oh, blood loss and yes. you know, just having a baby. Yes. Yeah. You're still losing blood and
0: you don't want to tell people, but
1: yeah. And like, I didn't, av- yeah, I didn't want to tell her and, um, but you know, she, she's doing her job. She knows like, so she realized I was like losing some blood. And then, um, so she calls the doctor, the doctor comes back. And at that point, the like last option was to do a hysterectomy, um, to stop the bleeding. So they wheel me back into the operating room and then they, yeah. Remove my uterus do still have my ovaries and hormones, which is really good. Yeah. So they removed my uterus and then thank God the bleeding stopped at that point. So what was the cause of this hemorrhage? So they still don't know for sure. Um, the pathologist, uh, looked at, the, at my uterus. Um, and there was no like clear signs of tearing or anything, but they would have had to look at it much more closely. I could have been like a tiny, tiny tear. They would have just had to look at it a lot more closely. So it's, you know, it could have been my uterus, but that, but they're not a hundred percent sure. They would have just had to look at it a lot more closely. So that's a really
0: big thing
1: to Mm -hmm. have
0: done. And you are, how old are you, Kristen? I just turned 30, it last year. Okay. So you're 30 years old and you're having a baby and this is a really big thing. Was it, was it a conversation of, Hey, let's hear, here are your options, you know, you are yeah. your cervix. Uh, okay. Well, that didn't work the next best thing we could do is remove your uterus. What's that conversation look like with your doctor?
1: Yeah. So I was just like, so in and out of consciousness a little bit, um, th- they did have me sign some things and they did like go over it with my husband of like the options and stuff. And, um, in my, and, you know, my husband and I, you know, we were pretty sure we were going to be done after two kids. You know, my husband did tell the doctor, you know, like, you know, we are pretty sure we're done having kids after this. Um, and this was like before the second surgery of the repairing the cervix. He's like, you know, it's okay. Like if to remove the uterus and stuff, cause I think my doctor was kind of wanting to really save that. So the, yeah, my husband did say, you know, it's okay, but they ended up trying to repair my cervix and then removed my uterus. But yeah, yeah. so he, he had some of those conversations, but I just kind of like signed signed the papers, you know, it's was just like, Do what you have to do. Yeah. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I ended up having 14 blood transfusions altogether. So, um, yeah, like in between surgeries, they would have to, you know, give me more, more blood. So I pretty much have like all new blood in me, which is wild, like crazy to think about. So, everyone out there, go donate blood um, because it really is super important. But yeah, with the blood transfusions, they had to pump me full of fluids to keep me, um, you know, because I was getting so much blood. So, afterwards i was so so swollen um my face was so swollen like every part of me was so swollen my legs were so swollen like i could hardly turn my head from side to side they just encouraged me you know to drink a lot of water to you know eat a lot cuz that's going to help too with getting rid of the fluids and then about a week to 2 weeks i was you know i lost most of the the swollenness you know like you know back to normal so So that was good. Oh my gosh.
0: So when did you start feeling better? What, what did it feel like to finally hold your baby without being, you know, swollen or, you know, severe bleeding?
1: So I was able to see him, um, him and my husband that Tuesday night after all my surgeries in the ICU, they were able to, you know, bring my baby over my newborn. And then my husband was able to stay. So that was really nice. I was hooked up to Machine still, um, and had like IVs in me, so I couldn't like hold him that well. But they, it was really sweet. They like put him on the bed right next to me and stuff. Once I was done in the ICU, I was wheeled back into my regular room, and then, like within thirty minutes, the lactation consultant comes in and she was just going over breastfeeding and you know what I should be doing, like pretty much that I need to be doing it um, as often as I can because I had been away from Bodie for a while. And she brought in the pumping supplies and was going over all of that with me. And to be honest, I was a little bit offended because, you know, I had just gone through all that I went through. And she's from what I took it was she was kind of pressuring me into breastfeeding where I think she could have definitely done a different approach with it. I think she could have came in and said, you know, you have just gone through a lot. If you want to go the route of breastfeeding, like this is what you can do. If you decide to go, you know, the formula route, that's okay too. You know, I just felt that it was a bit of a disservice to me because I was exhausted. And luckily um, I knew what breastfeeding was like, because I had done it for 14 months with Bennett. And it was a wonderful experience. With that, I do know how exhausting it was. And so my mom instincts were telling me, you know, it's not gonna work out this this time around. And I was okay with that. Because I just knowing how exhausting it was with Bennett, um, I knew that I wanted to get better and I wanted to heal. Not have to be up like three to four hours
0: or every three and four hours while you're trying to recover from, you know, having exactly.
1: Yeah. And yeah, I was just offended that, you know, it was just focused on, you know, what I need to be doing to, you know, to have a successful breastfeeding journey where you know i needed to work on myself and heal myself so i could care for my newborn you know because that's exhausting in itself adding breastfeeding is on top of that is exhausting so i'm i'm glad that i stuck with my guns and you know stuck with those instincts mom instincts are real um i think you should always follow them and um and you know Bodhi is is just fine the way he is and i remember By the end of our hospital stay, Bodie was um, taking like one of those whole formula things that they give you. And, um, you know, I remember the nurse saying, Oh, he's probably going to throw up. And, you know, we didn't know what we were doing because I had breastfed with Bennett the first time around. And we're like, Oh, okay. Um, But, you know, he never threw up. He never spit up. So he was just a big, a big boy. And, I am hundred percent confident with my decision because I knew I wouldn't have been able to keep up the, with the demand that he would have wanted. Um, so definitely glad that I went the route that I did go. So, you know, even if you don't go through something as extreme as me, like if breastfeeding isn't working for you, don't feel like you have to, continue that route because it is exhausting. And if, if it's not serving you and it's not serving baby well, you don't have to, you know, continue going that route. Cause I feel as women, um, we think we have to do it all and we think we have to do it all well. But we also need to take care of ourselves too. And that's definitely a big part of the journey of being a mom is taking care of ourselves. And we forget about that. So but then the nurse, she talked to me and she was like, yeah, I know the lactation consultant probably came in and, you know, was trying to get you to breastfeed. But, you know, formula, he's been doing so well in the formula that I I would not feel bad about that. And, you know, that just kind of gave me the extra push to be like, you know what? He's going to be perfectly fine the route he's on. So right. I, I'm, yeah. Thank God for that. I nurse. know. Yeah. yeah. I'm just. It was a little upsetting, but yeah, all my nurses were amazing. So thank God for amazing nurses. So you go in on a Monday,
0: Mm -hmm. you have a baby, you have major surgery, and then you go home. What was the turnaround? So Monday you go in and then when did you go home? I went home on Friday. You talked a little bit about your husband um, can you describe how he took it
1: all? Yeah. So, um, so I felt really bad because um, since it was COVID times, you know, we couldn't have any visitors at the hospital or anything. So, you know, he was, uh, he was in our room with our newborn, like all by himself. And I know like so worried and cause I can't imagine how long those surgeries must've felt because I mean, I was in surgeries like five or 6am on that Tuesday morning. And then I wasn't able to see him until like seven that Tuesday night. So, um, yeah, so he was just very glad when he was able to see me. So right. And not only are
0: you, you know, having a baby during the pandemic of 2020, Mm -hmm. you are having insane difficulty with this labor and delivery. That's yeah. So that had to have been really terrifying for him. And yeah. I'm so thankful for modern medicine. Wow. Yes.
1: Yes. Me too.
0: How did you feel physically or, or emotionally after all of that? It was so unexpected and it happened so fast.
1: Yeah. So after everything and after I was in back in my room, you know, I did have like this weird, like calming sense about everything. Like I just was very thankful and grateful that, you know, I was back in the room with my husband and my newborn and that you know, we were okay, but physically I was, yeah, it was, I was very swollen. So I, I did feel like, you know, I couldn't really do anything. Like I had thoughts of like, how am I supposed to take care of my newborn? Like I can hardly like move around. Um, when I did get up out of my bed for the first time, like the nurse had to help me. I was dizzy, like getting up for the first time. Cause I had been in that bed Monday, all day, Monday for the most part. And then all day, Tuesday. And then, by when it was Wednesday, when I finally got up out of that bed, I was like weak, and I had to walk really slow. Yeah, I was just thinking to myself, like, how am I supposed to take care of this newborn? But you know, I did have the mindset that I wanted to get, you know, better as quickly as I could and stuff. So I just, you know, tried to walk around when I could and stuff. And my mother in law, and father in law were in town. So when we did come home, we had, you know, great help amazing help thank goodness um because my mother-in-law would get up with our newborn in the middle of the night so I could sleep um which I'm so thankful oh, for because yeah. that really did help so so much because I would you know without blood loss you're just so so tired and getting that extra sleep like seriously helped so much Bodhi he was like like the hell he put me through like he really is like such an angel baby like he sleeps really well compared to my first. Cause I just, you know, <laughs> after everything, I just remember thinking like, Oh my God, like he's, you know, not going to sleep. And like, I'm just going to be tired all the time. Like, how am I going to get through this? But you know, he, he was such a great or is such a great baby and like would sleep. So I could, you know, sleep when actually sleep when he slept. So, um, yeah, very thankful for that.
0: Having that tribe, that's really wonderful. Yes. And it really is such a lifesaver. I'm so glad yes. that you had
1: that. So you
0: had wonderful support people. Um, then Kristen, what did you learn about yourself through this experience and your husband and motherhood?
1: Learned that, you know, my husband and I do make a really good team. Um, he was definitely very supportive. We kind of joked about it because, you know, I was so swollen and like he had to help me around and stuff and I like walked so slow for a while and you know he had to help me like get in the shower and stuff and like get me dressed like for bed and like wobble me up on the bed and stuff and um <laughs> I was like sorry like this is what you signed up for like <laughs> no <laughs> for better away. or worse yeah yes for better or worse um so yeah we um you know I learned just how strong we really are and you know and with motherhood like it really does take a tribe. It takes a village. So definitely accept help because, um, that's honestly the best thing that you can do, um, is accept help and to get you through it because it's a journey. It is a journey. And it's so, it seems
0: raw when you bring a newborn home. So what advice would you give to an expectant or new mother whose labor or delivery may not go as planned?
1: Um, you know, I would say that it's okay. Um, you know, go into it with an open mind. However, baby gets here is going to be, you know, the best way for baby and for you. So just go into it with an open mind and it probably won't go as planned. Um, and that's okay. With my second delivery, with the exhaustion and everything and the recovery of it and everything, I decided not to breastfeed that time, this time around, just because, you know, I knew with my first, like how exhausting it is. And I, I wanted to get better and I wanted to be better so I could be a good mom. And, you know, sometimes I feel like moms get lost in the process a little bit, you know, they kind of get forgotten about a little bit when, baby gets here. So, you know, I just would encourage new moms to, you know, just take care of yourself and, you know, it's okay if it's not going according to plan. Like, like I wanted to breastfeed the second time around, but it just wasn't in the cards for us. And, you know, and that's, that's perfectly fine. Like I'm going to have one breastfed baby and one formula fed baby. And you know what? They're both happy. They're both healthy. And that's seriously all you can ask for. So going to it with an open mind. And like, if plan A doesn't work, plan B will be just as good. So I just, I just really like that you're talking about keeping an open mind and doing, yeah. take, take yourself into consideration. as yes, well. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Definitely do that. Cause I mean, like I said, moms get lost in the process and cause it's definitely baby, baby, baby. And as it should be, we want to make sure baby's doing okay, but we also want to make sure mom is okay because mom has to be happy so she can be a good mom what advice would you give support people of new
0: moms who've had to adjust quickly to something that's unexpected? Like, you know, maybe an emergency C-section, maybe an emergency hysterectomy or yeah. um, ICU, any, anything unexpected?
1: You know, if you want to help out, I would say, you know, pick something out and just do it. Cause I'm the type of person, like, if you're going to tell me, you know, like, let me, let me know how I can help. Like, let me know what I can do. I'm Probably not gonna let you know what you can do. Um, so I would say, you know, if you like what my friends did, you know, order some meals, like take care of dinner for one night. And you know, my friends are all out of state. So you can do this, you know, if you're far away. And if you're close, you can, you know, just drop off a meal at the doorstep or drop off coffee or anything or a gift card or whatever you think is a good fit. Well, Kristen, thank you so
0: much for agreeing to share your story. I think it's really important that women know that lots of labors and lots of deliveries, you think they're going to go one way and they go a completely different way. I like that you, um, that you talk about treating yourself well, especially after having a
1: baby. Yeah. Thanks for having me on here. I hope I, you know, this story, you know, maybe resonates with someone or, you know, um, I just feel like, women should, you know, share their stories. I feel like I've been hesitant, hesitant to share mine just because, you know, it's not pretty, but, um, I feel like it's very important for women to share their stories. Cause that will help so much with healing. And then, you know, maybe someone else will reach out and be like, you know what, I went through something similar. So, which has happened to me a few times, you know, I found out that women have gone through similar situations, which is, you know, really comforting and really healing to know, like, you're not in it alone.
0: So any movie that you see, you know, anything widely spread that you see when it comes to labor and delivery, it's like a smooth process. I mean, yeah, yeah. you scream a little bit, because it's really awful. The pain yeah. is really, uh, yes. really awful. But yes, yeah, you, you imagine that it goes a certain way and Mm -hmm. then you go home and it's just sunshine and rainbows and butterflies. Yeah. But it's, it's not always like that. And yeah, newsflash it's never like that ever, Yes, ever, ever. ever. (laughs) (laughs) So, so I will put Kristen's Instagram handle in the description. So if you have gone through a similar experience or you are currently living that life right now and you want to reach out, I'm certain Kristen would be willing to help. So you guys, thank you so much for listening. We will catch you next time on the Bee podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of The Bee Podcast. Make certain to subscribe, rate, and leave us a review. Screenshot this episode and share to your social media to bring awareness to this project. Share and join our community on Facebook. Thanks again for listening, and I'll catch you next time for more inspiring stories told by real women. Wishing you peace and love. I'm Kami
1: Milliken, and this has been The Bee Podcast.